Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. You are listening to KLRN Radio, where liberty and reason still reign. My son was in the Army back during Desert Storm, but even then he wanted an MBA. He looked at a dozen schools, but only one offered the online education and flexibility he needed while he was in a tent in Iraq. Grantham University. Turns out that Grantham's been delivering affordable, relevant college and advanced degrees for over 65 years. Heck, if they can deliver a quality education to a soldier in a tent overseas, think about the flexibility Grantham can offer you so you can earn your degree, too. It doesn't matter how complicated or full your life is. If getting a degree is on your bucket list, you'll want to do what my son did. You'll want to call Grantham. Find out how easy it is to get started on your education so you can check that college degree off your bucket list. Call Grantham right now, 800-910-1370. That's 800-910-1370. Flexible, affordable, relevant. Call 800-910-1370. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 1-800-516-7602 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 1-800-516-7602 to take your call right now. Call 1-800-516-7602. That's 1-800-516-7602. Again, 1-800-516-7602. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, 
$1,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-783-0810 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-783-0810. Again, that's 800-783-0810. Hi, I'm Mike, founder of DollarShaveClub.com. What is DollarShaveClub.com? Well, for a dollar a month, we send high-quality razors right to your door. Yeah, a dollar. Are the blades any good? No. Our blades are f***ing great. Each razor has stainless steel blades and aloe vera lubricating strip and a pivot head. It's so gentle a toddler could use it. And do you like spending $20 a month on brand name razors? 19 go to Roger Federer. I'm good at tennis. And do you think your razor needs a vibrating handle, a flashlight, a back scratcher, and 10 blades? Your handsome-ass grandfather had one blade and polio. Looking good, Pop-Up! Stop paying for shave tech you don't need. And stop forgetting to buy your blades every month. Alejandro and I are going to ship them right to you. We're not just selling razors. We're also making new jobs. Alejandro, what were you doing last month? Not working. What are you doing now? Working. I'm no Vanderbilt, but this train makes hay. So stop forgetting to buy your blades every month and start deciding where you're going to stack all those dollar bills I'm saving you. We are DollarShaveClub.com, and the party is on. Radio has advertising rates available. We have rates to fit almost any budget. Contact us at advertising at klrnradio.com. The following program may contain coarse language and adult themes. Also, be advised we do reserve the right to refuse service to anyone at any time for any reason. episode of the Kyle Lounge. I am your hostess with the Moses, Aggie. And with me, as always, is my affable, quaffable co-host, Brad Slager. How are you doing this new special evening since Aggie had to switch gears on everybody and flip days? <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> yes, I'm very off balance tonight. I, I know, I know. It was really weird because, you know, normally we, we talk on Tuesday and, and that's like that's like our day, you know, in the morning after you've done your like five columns or whatever it is that you do. Um, okay. 
you'll call and we'll discuss what we're going to be talking about the pod you know, on the podcast. We'll share a little bit of gossip of our families and then, you know, leave it at that. But, and then like Tuesday, I was like, I'm missing something. I, there was something that I have to do today and I cannot for the life of me. But, oh yeah. The phone, the phone call. <laughs> <laughs> it was you freaking make it sound me. so ominous. No, no, it was just freaking me out because, you know, once you, once you're settled in a habit, a comfortable habit, you know, and it's disrupted, you feel a little off kilter. Mm-hmm. And it did not help that we were having some severe weather running through. Um, and I had to go to the airport, pick up people and everything. And and that I was like a little jumpy and everything. And so my entire schedule, my entire habit was completely off. So... Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> no, it's just a matter of, uh, you know, we have a lot of rhythms and just regular features we do on the given days. So it's like, yeah, even with me and Ordy, we were doing the show Tuesday. And just even with the show prep and everything else, you know, we were just about to go on. It's like, so do you have the rundown? You know, because we do all the topics we're going to do in order. And I was like, but oh, damn it. Right. <laughs> In my head, I'm doing our show, but in my show prep, I'm still doing Tuesday stuff. So it's like yes, and I'm I I promise not to do this again, baby. Please don't. You (laughs) upset everybody. I'm sorry. (laughs) Although props to Rick for putting on a bolero. That was the unexpected music choice. (laughs) Oh, you picked it up. Good. He was hoping you would notice. (laughs) I did. I noticed it. I was like. Damn it, now I want to dance. <laughs> so I was wiggling in my chair. <laughs> oh, when don't you want to dance? Mm, good question. Good question. I hope, uh, I, I hope you figure that one out. <laughs> yes, good choice, good choice. I know how you look tinks women are. You always want to... I will cut you if you ever speak. refer to me that way again. <laughs> I promise it won't happen again this hour. I hear you. Uh, I, speaking of cutting, you have some uh, family news, I understand. Oh. <laughs> that was uh, damn fun, I gotta say. Uh, okay, so apparently one of my, I guess second cousins, like the daughter of my cousin or something, I, someone I haven't met, I believe it or not, I have so many cousins, I really haven't met like 50 of them. So, and those are first cousins. Um, apparently she had an altercation with someone that was trying to like pee in their front yard or something. And she, well, she threw what was in her hand, but the sad part is this is not the first time that it happens in my family. (laughs) My sister called me and she was like, who was it? And (laughs) so I had to tell her who it was. And she reminded me of the time that I threw a machete at somebody in my front yard. <laughs> yes, uh, this seems to be endemic. Well, I, you know what? I I was doing lawn, you know, yard work or whatever, and I was the only one in the house. I was in the backyard, so I was coming out of the backyard carrying the machete because I was going to trim the mountain laurel um, that's in the front yard. And I come around the corner And there's a guy and he's in my front yard, like really close to the house, looking into the windows, trying to look into the windows. And I'm like, you know, 
who are you? What are you doing? And he looked kind of like scared or whatever. And I just, I just, I threw the machete I had in my hand and he dodged it. Okay. So there was no blood spilled that day, but it rattled me. <laughs> well, I'm disappointed. And he took off and I called my neighbor and my neighbor went and did some, you know, recon, but he didn't find him. But it was, it, it, you know, it was really funny that my sister tells me, yeah, reminds me of you. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> she reminded me of what I did. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it's always, there's always something going on with my family. And y'all, I'm the most normal. Okay. And I, I know, I know this, this should tell you a lot. This really should tell you a lot. I'm, I'm the most calm. I'm the most logical and I'm the one that's least likely to fly off the handle. And that should tell you quite a bit. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> you so, being the high water mark. Hmm. Well, I, you know, and a lot of people is like, yeah, your mom's kind of burying the lead when I posted that tweet. And then I was like, y'all have no idea what else she told me. And I can't really say it <laughs> because it's really bad. <laughs> that, that's why. That's why that was like a throwaway. But yeah. So yeah. Welcome to my life. <laughs> and how was your week? <laughs> Ah, my week's just uh, the usual busyness. You would think at the holidays, these people in the media would calm their asses down, but nope. Oh, no. Just, uh, no, no, all no. kinds of uh, nonsense and ridiculous. Hey, Oliver Darcy blocked my second account today. You're kidding. <laughs> yeah, I basically just pointed out a contradiction in one of his stories. I didn't even like flame him or anything like that. I just said, well, you know. Oliver is saying this about the Republicans and TikTok and that they're doing this to appeal to Fox News. But then later in the same piece, he's actually agreeing with what they're doing. And I put up a paragraph and he listed out a number of reasons that TikTok is problematic and such. So it's like, OK, so he he agrees with the activity, but he disagrees with who's doing it is what it comes down to, I think. And that's all it is. I just I said something calm like that with a screenshot of a paragraph. And then next thing I, I tried to get something like a follow up for my column. And then I couldn't because this account has blocked you. It's like you fragile freaking neutered hamster. But on top of that, um, as we're kicking off the show, I'm just scrolling through and picking up on the news that a <laughs> a wide phalanx of journalists are finding their accounts suspended tonight. Uh, yeah, it was it was rather a plethora from what I could uh, <laughs> I could see. It's like, I mean, would you call this a plethora? There, let's just say there's a lot of bleeding ink. Okay, <laughs> as my dad used to call it when when journalists got the sack. Ooh, bleeding ink. <laughs> yeah, we've got so far. The list includes Aaron Rupar, Keith Oberman. Geez, he'll be missed, that unhinged psychopath. Uh, I think one guy from the Post, one guy from the Times, somebody from BuzzFeed, Mashable. I mean, it's like, it looks like that uh, this might stem from the, the new ordinance they put in yesterday, I think, where you can't tweet out somebody's location on Twitter. 
and this ended up including the guy that tracks Elon Musk's airplane. You know, he's got an account that anytime he flies, he tracks it. So that was either caught in the sweep or was the inspiration for said sweep. But um, at least for Olbermann, he was posting links to the other sites that carry this information. So I think that's what got him. And then the speculation is that other people in the press are retweeting the items that are getting other people suspended and they're getting suspended. Possibly. <laughs> My goodness. I, you know, we joked about, oh, I can't wait to see so-and-so gone and blah, 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 and all that stuff. But when they're gone, you're like, holy shit, what did they do? I mean, seriously, how is it? Because they got away with so much crap for so long that we thought you know, they're impervious to banning. They're impervious to getting a locked account for 12 hours. They're impervious to anything. They can get away with anything. I mean, Rupert was probably the most prolific liar I've ever seen on on uh, social media. And that's saying a lot. Well, I mean, his big thing is that he always will take things out of context. You know, he'll he'll do like a pull quote that's only half of a sentence. So you get mm -hmm. skewed facts. He'll do the same with videos. You know, somebody can give a five minute speech, but if he can get a 15 minute controversial grouping of words, he'll use that, you know, that kind of crap. It wow. just, I mean, perpetually does it. That's just his trademark anymore. And I then mean, even Keith Olbermann just got axed. I was just laughing because it was like, what, about a month ago, Rupar was just flying off the handle because he thought that somebody lifted a video from his timeline and put it on as an original post and was talking about this guy stole his material. The video was a clip from a news site, you know, like a, a cable news channel. It was like a 15, 30 second video of somebody giving a speech or something. He lifted the video. And then bitch that somebody took the video from him and put it on their site. Like, <laughs> and he's like putting them, and this guy does it all the time, and he's known for stealing content. He's like, it wasn't your content, you jackass. What are you talking about? Like, nobody was on his side. Like, the, people were either silent or like, um, dipshit, you don't own another news station's video feed. Just amusing as hell, but... Uh, yeah, I'm going to maybe keep a little bit of tabs on this during the show just to see. You know, like Ben Collins from NBC says, um, just in case, I'm also on post. <laughs> oh, for goodness like sake. You know, but the thing is, you can be a leftist shell and avoid being, you know, jumped out of Twitter, you know, suspended. You just have to adhere to the TOS. That's all you have to do. It's not difficult. What was difficult was that they would change the TOS and to fit a certain narrative and you would get, you know, suspended or locked out for it. You couldn't say pansy. You couldn't say learn to code. You know, it was just, it got completely ridiculous. But now with the advent of Elon Musk, uh, I think they're starting to find out that they're not a protected class. They hate the whole verification checkmark thing. I mean, they've, they've really lost their ever-loving minds over it. And all the verification checkmark was that 
it was an account that you had provided proof of who you were. That's it. It didn't give you bona fides to, you know, be the be all and end all of whatever it was you were talking about. You weren't, you know, you just said all of the checkmark was is this is who I am. End of discussion. But it became something else. And well, that right there was all the proof you need that they were treating Twitter like a country club. This was their exactly. realm. And, you know, you, you other people, we're letting you in here, but you have to play by our rules and such. And we can get away with stuff that you can't. And you, we can get blue checks and you can't. You know, it's that kind of bullshit. And now that Elon Musk turned it more into an egalitarian playground, they're, like, they're just losing their mind. So this is what we're watching. Now, tonight, I mean, I don't know specifically yet what sparked all this i mean i'm not in favor of suspending accounts so this you know i'm like not cheering this necessarily i mean there is some amusement no and i think and i think um i think there's a chance that they'll come back you know i think this is a lesson that's that's being taught really um but my favorite part is not the fact that they're banning accounts or suspending accounts rather is that some accounts are scared enough that they're taking action and that's my goodness who would you be talking about (laughs) our favorite twit (laughs) Uh, taylor Uh, lorenz is just such a hot mess of distempered emotional fervor and and self-involved i mean she's got about three or four severe character traits that she fosters and just presents them in such an alluring fashion of, uh, you know, for somebody like myself, that it is just a joy to behold. And she's been on a unique tear this week. She tried to join in on the dog pile on Barry Weiss with all the other journalists because they can't stand that Barry Weiss put out part of the Twitter files because she reported on something. I mean, we're mad at journalists for doing this now, but. (laughs) Lorenz said that Barry Weiss is somebody who comes from privilege, whose work is extremely specific, who's doing work on behalf of a multi-billionaire. She had this like laundry list of complaints about Barry Weiss and every single one of them applied to Taylor Lorenz. She's a, Grim and proper girl raised in wealth. I mean, you want to talk about specific coverage. She, her beat is social media. That's what she covers. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, yeah. She's like the, I, I, I really don't understand. She's like the reality TV of journalism, you know? And yeah. I, I, I don't know how else to describe it. The weird thing is, is that she, really pretends to be something that she's not and she works really really hard at it i i okay so take me for example i'm 56 i don't mind being 56 as a matter of fact i'm like so happy i can order from the senior part of the menu and i can you know i can enjoy the early um blue plate specials and i can enjoy certain perks about being a senior this is this is awesome you know this is kind of cool I've never pretended to be younger than what I am. It's, it's folly, you know, (laughs) 
people will call you on it. But this woman goes so far out of her way to pretend that she is at least 20 years her junior that she uses heavy filters. She uses special lighting. I mean, it's just, it's really, it's, it's sociopathic in my opinion. Yeah. And I, I believe what she's trying to do there is that she's, she's, since she's covering social media, you know, like TikTok and all of that, she's covering a much younger base of people. And so I think she's trying to fit in there. And no one really knows her age. I mean, they're pegging it anywhere between 35 and 45. No, she's managed to scrub. She Okay, so there was an episode a long time ago on the Golden Girls where Betty White Rose wanted to throw Rue McClanahan, Blanche, a birthday party. And so Blanche had always said that she was this age, but she really wasn't. So she, Rose, went to go get her, a copy of her birth certificate. It was all scrubbed. She paid to have it all scrubbed. This is Taylor Lawrence when it comes to yeah. her age. She has had it scrubbed. Anybody that can manage to scrub this information from the internet is wealthy. Very wealthy. She well, has connections and she has she's wealth. She's got family contacts. It's mm-hmm. it's not the Wayback Machine. I think it's the Internet Archive. But she's got a family member that works there. And frequently goes in on her behalf and takes things like when she has scrubbed her account in the past or at least certain tweets, people have gone back to the Wayback Machine and other things to find them and they won't come up. Yeah, they're gone. Like her content is inaccessible. And it turns out it's because she's got I think it's like an uncle or somebody like that that works in the Internet Archive database and can go in and do this specific stuff for her. Which makes you wonder what else she has access to. It does. It does. And like I said, it's there's a lot of power behind her and there's a lot of money behind her. She it does she does not come from a humble background. Not by a long shot. So But the funny uh, thing is she puts all this out about Barry Weiss yesterday. You know, lists all these problems that she has with her and everybody lit her up and they're like, um, excuse me, Taylor, hello. You just described yourself, honey. That's you. And people were saying you've gone to a Swiss boarding school for $90,000 a year. Okay. You come from wealth. So she comes out today and had the audacity to say, this is such a lie. I don't know where you people are getting this stuff. I went to public school and I don't, I don't even know where you guys get this. Well, from you, you dumb bitch. I've got the (laughs) screenshot of her. A couple of years ago, declaring how she went to a Swiss boarding school and it was $90,000 a year. I'm telling you right now, there are a couple of people out there that do nothing but scour her timeline and take screenshots because they know that they'll disappear. And look what happened tonight. She scrubbed her entire entire Mm -hmm. (laughs) twit history. Oh, yeah. And she blocks like, you know, nobody's business as well. And, you know, she is as insulated as they possibly get and then goes out and criticizes other people on their activity online. I mean, she's, you know, she's got a laundry list of things she's done wrong. But I mean, just this year, it's been amusing as hell. How many times the Washington Post has had to go back and change her articles with corrections after publication? It just cracks me up. And one point they actually said, okay, after this time, 
you have to submit your stuff to this specific editor and he has to vet everything in the article before we'll publish it. I mean, not that they shouldn't have been doing that already, but (laughs) that was uh, specifically set aside for her and her unique brand of work. So as far as what's going on tonight, I can't say for certain yet. I mean, it's speculation runs rampant, of course, but uh yeah, Ben Collins and a lot of others are kind of nervous tonight, looks like. Yeah, it seems like a lot of people are very, very nervous about the shakeup that's going on at Twitter. And, you know, I'm I'm all like, I need more popcorn. And I want the popcorn that's drenched in chocolate with caramel, a few, you know, some pecans, you know, that kind of popcorn. None, none of this light stuff. I, I want popcorn. <laughs> I just got um I just got a hold of Olberman's last tweet actually. And this is what this shows you what I was just talking about, actually. So he said, here's the plan. One, everybody retweet the screenshot of the tweet that apparently got the account of Drew Harrell from the Washington Post suspended. Two, recreate the tweet word for word with the link. And three, link to Aaron Rupar's piece that got him permanently suspended. So, I mean, if anybody's following his lead, then this is what's going on. It's so delicious. Oh, what's my name again? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, that was pretty funny. Um, I think it was Tim Pool tweeted out. I think this was yesterday. It's like, what's that word where you're, you know, something bad happens and you find it? You you take joy in it and all that stuff. And so I I tweeted to him, you rang. And people were like, Oh, holy shit, your name is perfect. I was like, This is my this has been my name for years. I've I actually had when I first started, I had my real name for the first day and then I changed it. And it was Aggie Recon for about six months or something. And then I changed it to Shadden for Delicious. I kept it. And I, I kept it the whole time. <laughs> it's, it is. And, but I've gotten, you know, some people are like, how could you, you know, be so callous as to take joy out of somebody else's misery by putting your name like that? And I'm like, I'm, I'm not. It's just a name. You're the one that's doing it. <laughs> You're the one that's mad, not me. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, uh... it's. it's, it's it's very schadenfreude going on and it's it is unexpected i don't think a lot of people expected this to be going on and i think it's the fallout from that tweet when he suspended the account that ran the elon jet uh, tracker and that is that and the thing is you know it is public information but what a lot of people don't understand is that this kind of public information just tells you a to b what this tracker was doing was not only doing A to B, but when it landed at B, it would give a, a lot more information than, you know, what's what the normal airplane track thing does. And there was no reason for this guy to be tracking the jet or Ellen DeGeneres, you know, flights either. That's ridiculous. I, I don't see any, oh, I, you know, and people saying, but it's public information. I'm like, yeah, there's a lot of public information that I go, I do not go digging for because it's just not something that I would, and it's not important. And you know, so I, I don't know. It was just really stupid. So, but I, I think it has to do with that fallout. Hmm. Well, 
It should say the soap opera will unwind throughout the weekend, I'm certain. But uh, it is so you can follow suit on the other side, if you will, because we had some very, very big Donald Trump news today. Yeah, we did. We now have non-fungible Trumps. <laughs> <laughs> NFT, never forget Trump. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just like, I, I don't understand this. I mean, in, in this in this economy, this is not something that you want to you push. You can don't get don't get me wrong. And, and I understand that he is not personally profiting from this, as I understand it. It's some other company that's doing it. But the price point for something that you can't even hold in your hand is ridiculous, especially in this economy. And for them to actually for for him to say major announcement and then he puts that out and he says no not really i was just trolling the major announcement is my platform for 2024 i'm like sorry no i honestly think that your ego got in the way yet again yeah and it's I don't know that there was a single person out there excited about this announcement. I mean, all I ever saw was people ridiculing the living hell out of this call. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Like there, doing so one. as the crypto market is crashing and uh, mm-hmm. NFTs have really become something of a joke as far as an investment. I mean, everybody is putting out an NFT of some capacity to the point that they mean nothing anymore. And so the the timing of this is just as bad as the idea itself. But, you know, these were like digital trading cards of Trump dressed up like a superhero and a couple other yes. ridiculous and type of images. And uh, it, it it's just, you know, it's, it's just, it's sad. It really I is. Don't see this. Lighting, of course. I mean, there was a number of us, too, making all kinds of fun. It's like, well, we can't wait until the uh, Fortnite skin comes out where you could be Trump. And I said, yeah, well, you know, maybe Farmville will give us a, a VIP access so we can build our own Mar-a-Lago on the property. <laughs> so that's just how ludicrous this whole thing seemed. I was like, what the hell are you doing? Sim City at Trump Tower. Mm-mm. I can see it. I can see it. But yeah, it it was a so ridiculous and and ill-timed, ill-advised. The price point is beyond extravagant. So this really did not make him look good. And had he just kept quiet about it and just let the people release it or whatever and not said a word, it wouldn't have been bad. Nobody would have cared or some people would have and said, OK, this is actually something kind of cool. I would love to jump in on this or whatever. But the fact that he made a major announcement out of it and he used the term major announcement in capital letters, which then incentivized our president, Joseph Biden, to actually use the same phrase to push the the standard narrative about how much better the economy is doing and what he has done for jobs and all this stuff. So he basically gave him ammunition to use. Pretty and much. I'm just Pretty like, much. and I'm just like, please DeSantis run. 
<laughs> that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> I mean, it's that, that seems to be cast already. I think we're safe on that front. Is Brad trying to travel around like, the room? Everybody's losing their mind. What's that? Were you going walkabout on us? Because it sounded like you were on the other side yes. of the room. <laughs> I think he was oh. going for another drink. Uh, no, I had to. I got up for a second to get a power cord I needed. Ah, okay. Sorry, did me the wander. But yeah, that was that was the case. Well, we've um, we've got actually more sane news taking place pretty soon mm-hmm. here, starting this weekend. It's bowl season. <sighs> and my Aggies are not in a bowl. <laughs> but neither Nor are the Canes. <laughs> hurricane. So, yes, we're both sitting this one out. But um, yeah, yeah, I don't have I don't have any dogs in any of the fights that are going on. So I will it, it will actually be enjoyable for me. <laughs> it'll be a calm viewing is what you're exactly. saying. Exactly. Yes. I'll be able to just sit there and gorge on popcorn or, you know, brie bites or whatever. I, whatever the hell I, I happen to make for watching the game. But well, I did a complete rundown of all the bowl games coming up, who's playing and what to expect and stuff. Here's a question for you. How many bowl games do you think the NCAA is staging this year? Okay, so I know, but I'll be honest. I thought it was half that many. <laughs> honest to God, I, I I thought it was half that many. Forty-one bowl games be taking place between now and what? I think the second week of January is the championship. Forty-one. I mean, honestly, I thought there were twenty. I didn't think that there were that many. But I think it's because I only pay attention to just a few schools, you know. But there are other schools that are not, you know, Division One or whatever that do go to bowl games. I just. Well, the thing is, there's in Division One, they have what they call the Power Five conferences, but there's a number mm-hmm. of other conferences as well out there. So that's what the story is. But I think just getting back to our teams, this does mean then that 82. Teams are going to postseason games and ours are not included. Yeah. They were ranked lower. I know. Um, So tomorrow, actually, is the first one. Tomorrow morning, in fact. Holy cow, really? 11.30 in the morning, Eastern Time, you could watch the Bahamas Bowl. The Miami, Ohio University versus... UAB, University of Alabama, Birmingham. Ah, okay. To give you an idea of things. Um, not the lowest ranked ball on my list, second lowest. But uh, this is what I find amusing, though, is you got two teams that went six and six. Get rewarded by going to the Caribbean to play football and still get home in time for the holidays. <laughs> That's your reward for a six and six season. <laughs> Yeah, we were. I think there are some that had a losing season that still went to a bowl. We were not, obviously, one of them. But yeah, who was it? Um, The other game, hang on, I got it right there. You got to scroll back up. Um, Saturday at five is the Lending Tree Bowl between Southern Mississippi and Rice with a five and seven record. (laughs) 
<laughs> I think this might have been one of those where they had um, they had some conference tie-ins, and I think somebody got pulled out for some other reason, and they had to scramble, and they found the best five and seven team they could invite to that one. Uh huh. So um, we got other low-end bowls like the Quick Line Quick Lane Bowl. This is actually a Ford Motor product. Really? Yeah, Quick Lane, I think, is like, um, might be their version of like, uh, you know, the Jiffy Lube or something like that, where you can pull in and get your car repaired or something like that. You know, like a car maintenance shop chain that's owned by Ford. Mm-hmm. So they sponsor that bowl. Uh-huh. Um, a couple of others of interest. There's the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Guess where that's played? Um, hmm. Alabama surprising me. They've got three or four bowl games in the state of Alabama. Figure that out. That's a holy shit. Like really? Birm- yeah. There's Birmingham. There's the Camellia Bowl in Montgomery. <laughs> it's Alabama. Uh, oh, it's Alabama. All they have is beer, moonshine, and football. I guess, you know, they're, they're going to draw a crowd, so people will point. show up, it seems like. And, um, of course, you got the famous Idaho Potato Bowl. We used to have we used to have a few in Texas. Obviously, we still have the Cotton Bowl. We had the Independence. We had the Blue Bonnet. We had I think that's called Alamo. something else these days, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, all the of the Crisco old Bowl. days. Yeah, all of the old names have been scrubbed, except for the Cotton Bowl. That's still Cotton Bowl. And where is Frisco, Texas? Is that north of Dallas? No, it's right uh, east of it. Is it? East, okay. Northeast. Northeast. Well, then there's um, another one. Northeast. I think there's another one north. Because I know f- there's one in Dallas, there's one in Fort Worth, and there was one other in that same mm-hmm. area. Houston has one, of course. Yeah. That's the one that used to be called the Blue Bonnet Bowl. The one okay. in Houston. Um, and, of course, we have the Alamo Bowl. Sure, sure. In That's San in your, your neck of the woods there. Mm-hmm. Well, what former, used to be my neck of the woods. Former neck of the woods, sure. Former neck of the woods. I now literally live in the woods. <laughs> yeah. There's, this one I had never heard of before. It's called the Cure Bowl. Cure? C-U-R-E? Yes. Yes. It's one of two played in Orlando, Florida. And University Texas San Antonio is in that one. Which, you know, I I, I will say. They're actually ranked right now. There there are a few people in my family who are upset about this. (laughs) Because because apparently, unbeknownst to me, they are the rival to another school where – some of my relatives graduated. Uh, it used to be called Southwest Texas State, but now it's just called Texas State because they wanted to get away from the name that made them a party school, even though they're still a party school. But, you know, it was that's where <laughs> Lyndon B. Johnson graduated from there. George Strait graduated from there. So there are a lot of, you know, well-known people that graduated from there. And uh, I had no idea that UTSA was their um deep rival you know and i thought it was a friendly rivalry until i brought it up and um 
yeah, somebody's not talking to me anymore. (laughs) Wow, yeah, this used to be, before Twitter, this is what used to separate families. (laughs) So it's that intense of a rivalry. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I think we've also got what used to be the Outback Bowl is now called ReliaQuest Bowl in Tampa. That's on the second. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they're all over the map here, though. It's, uh, you got the Sun Bowl in El Paso, another one in Texas, as well as the uh, Citrus Bowl is your second one there in Orlando. Oh, and the Cheez-It Bowl. They got three in O-Town. Holy crap. Figure that out. And then here's this was interesting. I think um, Kellogg's is the parent company that has three bowl sponsorships because they own Cheez-It. And I think it's the Tony the Tiger Citrus Bowl. And I might, it might be the, it might be the Cheez-It Cure Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, is the third one. (laughs) That's, you know, I, I, I wish we never did that. Um, Go to the, naming of the bowl for the person sponsoring it. I mean, I remember when I was like, welcome to the cotton bowl sponsored by. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, now it's just called whatever, whoever sp- the sponsor would now, now that's the bowl. And I'm like, it's ugly. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. I mean, it took me a long time before I got used to the FedEx orange bowl, you know, but then after a while it just kind of flowed. Now I think that's switch. I think they're, uh, I forget who sponsors them now. That one's going to be interesting. Hey, guess what color the Orange Bowl is going to be this year? Wait. Not orange? Is this a trick question? (laughs) Well, it's just funny because the two teams playing are Tennessee and Clemson. Ah! (laughs) Oh, oh, my God. You know what I'm going to make? I'm going to make screwdrivers for that show. <laughs> That'll be, uh, let's see, is that our next? Uh, it'll be uh, yeah. December 30 is that game. But, yeah, it's it's kind of cool because uh, some of our good friends, it's uh, a couple from Tennessee. I mean, they got, they're from Chattanooga. I mean, they got the accents and everything. But we were watching the the one game where they upset Alabama, you know, and they were taking the field goal post down. Mm-hmm. And the thing wasn't even down all the way yet. And she's like, oh, hell yeah, that's going to be in the river tonight. <laughs> and sure enough, like within an hour or two, there was video of them carting it off and to throw it in the river. <laughs> I was like, wait, you guys don't like keep it as a souvenir? So I was like, oh, no, that's in the water. Okay. It's going to be orange. <laughs> it is so perfect. I'm, you know, you realize I'm going to have to make orange food. I'll make orange well, cupcakes. Be, I'll serve Doritos. Huh? I'm going to be making orange drinks. Something frozen probably. Well, that, well, well yeah. you can do a frozen screwdriver. Those are easy. Yeah, it'd probably be something more like a creamsicle type, something like that. You have to be so fancy. <laughs> Ain't a matter of fancy. It's a matter of tasting good. 
I'm just thinking I've got, uh, obviously I got an OJ. I've got vanilla vodka. Um, maybe the pineapple cream. So yeah, I, I can, I can do something special. Oh, I'm sure. Got to watch the game on their behalf. So that'll be cool. <laughs> it's orange. Oh my God. That's so beautiful. <laughs> Too funny. And then, uh, yeah, it's January 9 is going to be the college football championship. So the top teams playing, if everybody doesn't know already, uh, Michigan is playing TCU in the Fiesta Bowl on New Year's Eve, 4 p.m. Eastern time. And then the Peach Bowl is that night between Georgia and Ohio State. And seems as if... Um, Ohio State might be a little clipped because I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think C.J. Stroud might even sit out that game. Oh, yeah. Because he's uh, probably slated to be the first or second quarterback in the NFL draft. And so that's the big question. Is he going to be preserving himself? The thing is, though, that's like they got they got the offense there in Ohio State, but Georgia's got the top flight defense. So that's the question is if everybody's gonna be a hundred percent, that should be a great Okay, matchup. but all right, fine. Who has the prettier colors? This is how I pick them. You know this. Uh one's red and the <laughs> other one's silver. Uh okay. Not, not a pretty red, it's like a tomato no. red. Ooh, okay. <laughs> So then I guess you're going for Texas Christian. I am actually going for Texas Christian simply because, hello, Texas. Um, uh, although, purple. I well, the, the thing is, TCU has always been underrated. And they, they, they have worked really hard to have a really good team. And, you know, as it is with teams that are unexpectedly in the top 25 and keep climbing up, they tend to not get the respect that is reserved for teams that have been in consistently in the top 10 for the past 25 years. Right. So, um, or big name or big draw names, I should say. So I will be rooting for TCU because A, they're a Texas team and B, they're the underdogs and C, fuck everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I I really you know they have they have had a really good season. They played so well. So, I, I got to root for them. And, you know, most people here in Texas will tell you we always root for the Texas team. Mm, no, not always. Not always. I got to have your rivalries too. Well, the thing is, as you guys know, for the longest time, like 100 years, Texas A&M and UT had a rivalry and it became mellow and it became a very friendly rivalry and everything. And that, which is fine. Um, but I always felt I could never cheer for UT because I, I always felt like I was like cheating on A&M. What a lot of people don't know is up until the day I was graduating from high school, I was going to UT. But then A&M called me and said, hey, we have a scholarship for you. 
And I said, well, UT doesn't have a scholarship for me. So yeah, I'm declaring for A&M, right? I mean, that's how I became an Aggie. It was a matter of financial conven- uh, convenience, really, because otherwise I would have been having to, you know, get loans and all that stuff. Uh, and so, but I, I fell in love with the school. I fell in love with every single freaking tradition <laughs> and stuff. I'm having issues with the school right now, as y'all know. But I, I just, I could not, you know, sometimes I'll cheer for UT. This is true. I, I will, especially if my UT peeps are, are, are you know, if it's, and, but I, I, I don't cheer for UT when it's UT in Oklahoma. There, there's too many people on either side, and I just cannot choose a side. That's like whenever Miami and, you know, the Canes and the Gators are playing, I, I would never pick one. And my cousins always, always pressured me to pick somebody. Because, you know, I had four on one and four on the other, and I was supposed to be the tiebreaker. And I said, fuck that. I'm staying in a state school. I'm not going over to Florida. So. Wow, did you were, miss out? I, I, well, had I known that you were going to be there, I would have gone, but I didn't hey, know. <laughs> Call the telephone. You just got to pick the damn thing up. Uh, let's face it. I would not have graduated had I gone to, to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> I would have had too much fun. <laughs> but, not, not to mention. Let's make it. Not well. Huh? Hang on. Not to mention, time travel hadn't been invented yet, Brad. I'm not sure she knew who she, who you were back then yet. I'm just saying. I could be wrong. No, but no, this is, this I'm is just true. saying. I, I was kind of a known entity around. You probably would have. Yeah, like, but you know, you, God, there's the post. there's the ego that there, devoured the post again. But you would have been like five or six, you know, leagues outside of mine. You know. <laughs> Uh, uh, one of one of the best lines I ever heard was this guy was trying to pick up this woman, and she was and she was very pretty, and she turned to him and was like, "You are, I am so far out of your league that if my league exploded, you wouldn't hear it for three days." And he looked at her and said, "That's probably the best turndown I've ever heard." Would you believe they're still friends to this day? This happened like about 25 years ago. <laughs> so, but I mean, seriously, I if if Brad's league had exploded, I would not have heard it for like 10 days. So that should tell you how far out of my league Brad would have been back then. I was a total geek when I went to college. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> to say I probably could have risen up to your level at some point. I, I only have one question. What is this was you speak of? Oh, true. This is true. I still am, but okay, but I'm better. I'm very I'm very good with my geekiness. It's like I advertise it now. Before I used to hide it. Now I advertise it. So, <laughs> dude, my best friend and I talk in Latin on open Facebook. It annoys people. It's fun. Ah, uh, yeah, I know. I I I have one of my friends on on uh, on Twitter pinned. Um, his tweet and it's in, in Latin and I'm reading it and I'm like, so I responded in Spanish. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> you understood that? I said, well, yeah, I kind of did. And I've never taken Latin, but because I know several romance languages, it was easy for me to figure it out. And, and you know, most people know a little bit of Latin simply because if you are familiar with medical terminology or, you know, nomenclature, 
in biological nomenclature, you know, things of that sort, you'll pick it up, you know, and it's back there. And if you know roots of words, then it's it's even easier. So, but yeah, so moving on. Uh, (laughs) Speaking of football, we do have some tragic, tragic news to cover because this has affected so many people and not just in college football, but throughout the sports arenas, you know, um, I'm sure everybody knows the passing of legendary Mike Leach. He was, he, he really was bigger than life. That man had, I don't know. He gave no fucks whatsoever. Yeah. He, he was definitely a true character in college football. I mean, he was the type of guy that just, Everybody knew of him and appreciated him for a variety of reasons. So it was like how he was as a coach, how he was as a man, how he was as an interview. I mean, across the board, he was just didn't matter what school you went to, even if you were from a rival, you still had to like this guy. And yeah, just like all of a sudden, heart attack in the home, I think about last weekend, brought him to the mm-hmm. hospital intensive care i think for a day or two and then he ended up passing away from a severe heart attack and just uh, a huge loss because he, he was just a great guy he, he wasn't like a huge personality he wasn't you know when you say mike leach and you bring him up oh yeah that guy yeah i love him you know it's that kind of thing it, it, he wasn't boisterous he didn't demand attention but anytime somebody had an interview with him holy crap you had to listen because just gems fell out of this guy's mouth anytime he started speaking it was just a unique personality i mean i just encourage everybody if you want this weekend for some spare time go on youtube and pull up his name and just (laughs) there's there's any number of interviews out there you could do it on twitter too so many reporters were posting their like their sideline interviews they did and things like this and they're just priceless the the guy was just 100 percent genuine Mm -hmm. There was no pretense about him. I mean, there, you know, we at AM had so much respect for him, and it's very difficult for us to actually have a love of a rival coach the way we did for Mike Leach. He, I mean, Texas Tech thinks of him as their very own, regardless that he was only there for, I think, three years. But, at, you know, AM is like, when news broke, I mean, there were people, I, I, you know, I follow several Texas A&M pages, and there were people in tears crying over the loss. Like, they had lost one of their very own students at the school or something. It was just amazing, the outpouring of love that a different school that he never even had anything to do with, you know, was... Just it, it was just amazing to see, and it wasn't just at A and M. So many schools were were doing the same. Just the bereavement over his passing has been felt so deeply. Yeah, and it's and, and it's all personality for what a guy he was. You know, for one, I mean, just as a coach, every single time he went to a different school, he transformed it. You know, he's known for the. Air Force air attack offense. That was just him. That was his trademark. And he made it work at every school he went to, amazingly enough. It was just that that was his style. 
you knew what you were getting and he still beat you at it. Every school he went to. It was amazing to watch that. You know, he wasn't top five ranked all the time or anything of the sort, but he did turn schools around when he showed up. And then on top of that, just the type of guy he was. I, I saw one interview, female reporter, younger one, she's probably 25, 26. On the sideline, it might have been before a game, and she's just, you know, trying to talk football with him and such. And, you know, and he's talking to her. He's not having an interview. And just got into, you know, he's like, oh, okay, are you married? She's like, no, I'm engaged. He's like, oh, wow, when's your marriage? Okay. Um, <laughs> and what's your what's your fiance's name? It's Derek? Derek, okay. Let me, um, can I give you some advice then? Elope. <laughs> she starts laughing. He's like, no, listen to me. I'm telling you right now. You're going to go through all this ceremony. You're going to have all these people involved. All of the women are going to drive you crazy. Derek is not going to have anything to say. And he looks at the camera at one point. He's like, Derek, go elope. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just as self-effacing as it comes. I mean, there was another one where a guy's walking with him. He's like, hey, you know, morning coach, and you're having your coffee. He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, what do you take with it? Cream, sugar? He's like, oh, no, you don't put anything in here. He's like, oh, you like it straight? He's like, no, I don't like this. Nobody likes this stuff. It tastes horrible. But you don't want to add anything to it to disrupt that flavor. It's just you put it in to get you going. That's it. <laughs> Seriously, it's like, had he been taking hemlock, he'd be like bitching the whole time and still beat it. You know? <laughs> and the whole time, they're just walking on the sideline while they're talking and having this conversation. I like, I saw so many interviews with him on football fields where they did not talk about football. <laughs> just oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah, that was. It, yeah, it was it was incredible. And you can go through and my favorite picture of him, he's sitting next to a trophy and behind him. Y'all remember George Constanza's um, picture where he's in his underwear and he's on the couch and he's like posing. His it's, his, it, it's that one, the glamour shot, but with Mike Leach's face. And that's directly behind him. And I was like, this man is so beyond <laughs> epic. He really, truly lived a bigger life than anyone else that I've ever seen. And I, and I, and you know, and thing is, you know, I'm not that big into sports or anything, but he transcended that. And it was, it was, he was just, well, that's the thing is he, he was at that level. He was at the pinnacle of coaching. And yet if you talk to him, you would never know it. No, like no no pretense in this guy. One of my favorite uh, reporter testimonials after he passed and i gotta find it it's still buried somewhere i gotta pull it back up but it was one of the bowl games and the reporter contacted the school was like hey can i you know get a quote from the coach or you know can you give me a comment from the coach and send it over and email it to me and the woman in the office was like i don't know i don't think i can he's like oh i'm sorry she's like no here i'll give you a cell phone number and the reporter was like i'm sorry what and she's like yeah that's just the way he is you just you can call a cell and get it from him. <laughs> like, don't go through the secretary, the PR department, or anything like that. Oh, you want you want a quote from the coach? Here's a cell number. So the guy says, "Yeah, I texted him, and I expected to get a text back. I get a phone call at 11:30 at night from the coach. Ended up talking like half an hour, 45 minutes about wood burning stoves. <laughs> like." <laughs> For whatever reason, the topic came up and he ran with it and just go. And he said, 
I was nobody. He didn't know who the hell I was. And here we are having this conversation like we were friends for 20 years ago. <laughs> he says, I don't even know what happened, but it was amazing. You know, and it's, it's a rare moment when that happens. I've, I've had something like that happen on occasion, but you know, and when it does, you just sit back and get out of the way. It's like, you know, you feed them enough questions and just let this person open up. And it's kind of cool. You know, I've spoke with Wally Fister and, Oscar-winning cinematographer. I just, I called him up just because I had a technical question about a movie. Just you know how how did this scene get shot? Like did did you do this? Or did, you know and that was my question. He gave me half an hour, and we were talking about all kinds of technical stuff and how he shot Mission Impossible. This and and I was like, holy shit, this guy just like <laughs> he wants to talk. Drop, <laughs> he's dropping gold on me here, and and I was at a family party at the time too. It was like the, he's like, I, all right, I got ten minutes I can give you, and I was like, great. So I'm out in the driveway having this conversation. Meanwhile, the family's like banging on the window, giving me the come on sign, and I was just waving at him. I'm like, hey, don't worry, Brad's busy right now, folks. <laughs> but you know, I mean, there, there are some people that you know, when you ask about their their talent, their craft, you know, whatever they do, and you ask in earnest. Because you really want to know, they will just devote time to explaining or to, you know, going deep dive in whatever it was that you asked. I mean, I I think the uh, one of the people that was um, when I worked at the Disney stores uh, over here, um, I got to meet Shannon Tweed. I know, I'm so jealous. You should be. But, you know, one of the things that I did was like, you know, when she signed her credit card or whatever and I put it away, I said, you know, I enjoy your work very much. And she was like, you know who I am? And I was like, oh, yeah, totally. I recognize you the moment you walked in. And she's like, you did? And this was a woman who had absolutely no makeup on. Her hair was in a ponytail. She looked frazzled because she had her two kids with her and she needed something to keep them occupied while she was shooting her film. Just, yeah, it, it, they had like a shot, uh, a couple of scenes to shoot in Galveston or something or whatever. And she was like, most people don't recognize me without makeup. And I looked at her and I was like, ma'am, I'm, you're beautiful without it. <laughs> the truth. I don't understand. Right. She's like, thank you. And then she was, she told me all about her skincare regimen right there. <laughs> and I was like, I was being rapt attention, okay, because I wanted to take care of my skin, too. I may not be the gorgeous beauty that Shannon Tweed is to this day, but by God, if she had skin like that and she still looked that good, I I wanted that secret. I paid, I mean, she was there for 10 minutes telling me what she does and everything. And I'm just like, I was like, I need to. I need to take this down. And I did. I, I found paper and I was like writing it down and everything. And so, yeah, there's some people out there. They're like, if you're interested in what they do and show interest, they, they will give you the time. I mean, there's some that are not that way. They think they're above that. And sadly, there's a lot of those. But, you know, most people who enjoy what they do, they'll give you time. And, you know, like as you as as you experienced, that was actually really cool that he did that for more than 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sorry. It wasn't Fister. I think it was, um, I think it was Robert Ellsworth. 
I was, I had a question about 3d photography, like how they shoot. And he's like, yeah, it's, it's so complicated. And your setups take twice as long. Cause you got three times the cameras. Cause you got to, I was like, okay. And then he was getting into, you know, he's like, I'm like shooting on IMAX, you know, we have IMAX cameras like we did on mission impossible and such. And you know, those are digital, but it transfers them to the 72 millimeter. I was like, all right, it makes sense. Said, but it almost seems like he might lose something because in that, because he brought up the chasing where it was a sandstorm that kicked up, you know, and he was like, you know, that was the intro to it. And I was like, yeah, but that probably would have been aided by 35 millimeter because it's more grainy. And he like didn't say anything for about 10 seconds. And he's like, that's exactly what we did. We switched out all the cameras. We went to 35 for that 10 minute sequence. And then we went right back to digital and we came out of it. And I was like, okay. All right, and then like after that, I had him. He was like, boom, getting into telling me all kinds of stuff about shooting on set. And I was like, wow, wish I had a notebook on me, but here I am with a drink in my hand on the driveway at my friend's house. It was, uh, yeah, I mean, those, those are rare moments. And when they happen, you just got to like savor it. And it, it just seemed like Mike Leach delivered those moments on the regular. I, if you watch any of these videos, when he's doing the interview with these people, you just see this smile of recognition come on the reporter's face. Like, holy shit, this is so cool. <laughs> something like that. He's like, oh, this is awesome. I'm getting gold. You know, they just know they've tapped into something. But he did that all the time. That was the funny thing. <laughs> so, yeah, he'll be missed. But, uh, yeah, we probably got to get clipping here, right? We got stuff to fill out before the top of the hour. Mm-hmm. So, um How's, uh, how have you been traveling lately? Have you been to airports at all? Uh, well, I was there on Tuesday. Oh, this is true. But you weren't traveling yourself. You were picking up. No, no, no. I was just making sure that you got all your luggage because apparently. (laughs) Yes, I've learned I'm not (laughs) not taking in luggage anymore. (laughs) There's an outbreak (laughs) taking place. Of women having their luggage missing as a, as a notable official in the Jose Biden government would be absconding with luggage of other women. <laughs> so the the uh, previously celebrated Sam Britton. If, oh, my uh, word. If, if you don't he know is. the name, you definitely know the face. This is the uh, balding individual that looks like a cross-dressing Matt Damon. Discount. Discount. Matt Damon. That's what oh, I yeah. call him. <laughs> the, um, he's basically the imposter fragrance version of Matt Damon. Yes. This, this is the, uh, what is the non-binary trans individual who was a member of the what, energy department, I think. And yes, he was in part of the DOE that specialized in uh, the nuclear waste uh, disposal division. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where he was at. And yeah, just highly celebrated. The press loved him. Oh, my gosh. This is so amazing that our that our administration has these people in it. Like, how many of them are we going to have, really? I mean, I, I'm not against trans people. I don't really care. But honestly, the, the representation in the Jose Biden government of this type of individual just seems to exceed 
the percentages in our population. You know, we have a it, it female like, admiral. Yeah. Um, we've got dog-faced pony soldiers in the SEAL teams. We've I, please, got, let's not. I just can't. Can't. I cannot with that right now. It's like just like every other week we get notification of another checkbox individual that we have to celebrate. And so, it's a, it's actually a, a discredit because there I would like to know how this man person got security clearance because I cannot find anything where he actually had the qualifications for this job. And I'm wondering how he got the clearance for it. But this is always my point when they, you know, the the press would just eat this stuff up. Oh, is it? This is just amazing that this individual is in the energy department in San Britain. Look at, we all have to be amazed and we all have to notify it. We all have to approve of it. We all have to be happy about it. What are his qualifications? You know, that's my question is like, can he do the job? Because I think that might be a consideration. You know, for this type of work, I'm just saying, I mean, don't want to be the contrarian in the room, but can they do the freaking job while wearing his cocktail dress from Marshall's? <laughs> oh, wait, I'm sorry. It didn't come from Marshall's. It came from somebody's, somebody's suitcase. suitcase. <laughs> because this is what turned out to be the, the when the first report came out like three weeks ago or so, four weeks maybe, that a woman had her suitcase missing off the plane, checked the security camera footage. Oh, look at that. Somebody walked off with your suitcase. Who happens to be bald? (laughs) And it it wasn't just in one place either. No, no. And then the, the funny thing is watching the press contort themselves at that point in time. Oh, well, those people on the right are just jumping all over this story. They just love this. Oh, right, they're pouncing on this news. I'm sorry, the guy committed a felony. Are we just going to ignore that aspect of it? How dare you observe somebody committing a felony, you hateful Republican judgmental noticers? I mean, that's just the ridiculous aspect of the press these days. They do that on the regular. To the point, that's actually a column of mine, you know, pouncing. Yes, yes. They, they come up with all new verbs for everything. Oh, Republicans seize, they leap. They pounce. They jump at, they grab hold of, they over and it's like, sure. Okay, so they're committing a crime is not the problem. Me noticing they're committing a crime is the problem. Got it. And, and you know, it's really funny because apparently in Las Vegas, this the stealing of luggage, they take very, very seriously. You have a, oh. I mean, Vegas is a tourist trap. Of course, you're going to take something like this very seriously oh, yeah. because you don't want it to besmirch your reputation as a tourist trap. So, like anybody could actually besmirch Vegas's reputation. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the, it's not their reputation. Basically, their safety is what they're worried about. Yes. Not, yeah. Okay. Safety. Yeah. I don't, I don't think Sin City is concerned with how they're portrayed over you know, other countries and other states. But, yeah, uh, they don't want people thinking your luggage is going to go walk off either. So got to get on top of that. So uh, th- th- this has been such a, you know, the rise and fall of discount 
Matt Damon. I mean, it's just it has been it's been a trip. The thing is, like the press did everything they could to to like shield them. Oh, no, we've got to wait for judgment. We can't leap to conclusions. We can't do that. Oh, look at that. A second instance happened. Well, And and, and the second time there was jewelry and other items of value in it. So now it's been elevated to grand larceny. Mm-hmm. On that charge. But here's where it gets funny. It, as much as the press ate up this guy, or I don't know, they, they are. Please, phrasing. Sam. We're doing Sam. phrasing here. Okay. okay. As much as they ate up Sam Britton, they would post all these photos of him from social media where he's, you know, taking selfies and he's in this tr- And some of the shots were some of the stolen items. Oh, oh. The, you know how he, he was found? To have taken the Vegas one. Mm. He posted a selfie wearing the shirt that he bought when he was at that particular conference, which was a pride shirt. Um, it's a, a circle in the rainbow colors, but with a an atom in the middle. It was actually pretty cool. I'll, I'll be honest. It was a pretty cool T-shirt. But he took a picture of that, that and posted it on social media. Because he was very proud, no pun intended, of that shirt. And then that's how Las Vegas figured out who he was. Because mm-hmm. closed caption <laughs> caught that person with that shirt taking that particular piece of luggage. And I'm like, so you outed yourself because you want to show off your new shirt. Oh, you said outies. Poor choice <laughs> words. Oh, Aggie. So hateful. I make no apologies. It's just like you people. Yes, I'm a you people now. Great. Yes, you conservatives. <laughs> but this is what was, I cracked up, I think it was Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I covered it from Forbes. They did the story on him. Uh, I'm sorry, on Sam. I don't, I hate that on, pronoun bullshit so much. I don't yeah, that. me too. I don't, I don't do that pronoun stuff. But they, um, they wanted to talk about the story and it was all about how Republicans are jumping on his arrest, Sam's arrest. Fuck. And like a bulk of this article about the guy that's arrested for felony and grand larceny in two separate instances, they had to populate with no national polls show that conservatives are largely less tolerant of the trans community than Democrats are. And when it comes to the approach of these individuals on a social basis, people on the right. <laughs> Did the son of a bitch steal stuff? I thought that was the story. Well, you know <laughs> how they are about, um, you, you know how they are about the story. The story is never the story. I mean, let's witness what has been going on over on Knob Hill, San Francisco, regarding a certain speaker of the, or former speaker of the house, whatever, <laughs> soon to be former speaker of the house's husband. So, you know, when it comes to the story, it's never the actual story with journalism, which is probably why WAPO is bleeding ink right now, too. Well, it, that's the a whole thing that's a with, twofer for you. Yeah. <laughs> the whole thing with Paul Pelosi, though, is they don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> the story that they absolutely loved in October. Like the first couple of weeks, you damn sons of bitches on the right. No, your violent rhetoric caused this. One of your people broke in his house. Our people. Okay. The guy with the 
Black Lives Matter banner on the bus that he lives in and a gay pride flag. And he's an illegal immigrant from Canada. Yeah, he's totally mega, that one. Yeah. You're. Well, that fell apart. The other aspects of the story fell apart. Just today, I think it was yesterday, somebody mm-hmm. found David DePape, the attacker. They found his son. And he's like, this had nothing to do with politics. He didn't attack him over politics. My, if it, anything, my dad's in the Green Party. He's a complete leftist. He's this. <laughs> yeah, this is why we don't hear about Paul Pelosi anymore. You haven't heard that story too much in the last few weeks, have we? No. No, mm-hmm. it has been very, very quiet. As a matter of fact, too quiet. Because, I mean, according to the reports, Paul Pelosi was attacked and ended up going to the hospital with a skull fracture and everything. So why is this being shelved? You would think somebody as prominent as Paul Pelosi, married to a woman as powerful as Nancy Pelosi, you would think that they would be running with us 24-7, but they're not. Yeah, all of a sudden, uh, the, the conservative rights no longer a threat. <laughs> Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. No police cam footage will come out. The security footage analyzed by the D.C. police force won't come out. Hmm. Ah. I, I mean, the real tell is when you hear reporters say, there's no need to see the police cam footage. That's just going to lead to more conspiracy theories. Uh-huh. Fa- facts are going to lead to conspiracy theories. Uh-huh. <laughs> Learning what happened. Now they and, and they even say that this is a con- tin hat explanation, but there is a photo out there of the home. It's like a drone footage shot or something, but you can see the window that was allegedly broken into. I said allegedly, yes, because yes, a the glass is on the outside. Yep, but. The particular window that was broken is about four or five feet away from the door. So there's no physical way to reach your arm in and open the door through this broken window. In other words, oops. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's all very sketchy. I mean, extremely sketchy. And then when when I think it was Daily Mail from the UK who did the interview with the young man. Um, You know, a lot of the stuff started to like make sense as to why everything's being kept quiet and and things are being underreported. Ain't nothing sketchy. Old man Polly P likes to penis. That's all there is to it. Well, look, he married. I mean, <laughs> I don't, I don't judge, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, this discussion actually brings up another police incident. Yeah. One that uh, I became aware of recently that uh, bears coverage. Um, Soho, London. The police force <laughs> had to enter a building because they received a call of a woman who was passed out on a desk inside. They could see it through the window and she needs help. We have to break in and get to aid her. This was a figure sitting at a chair 
table in front of them wearing a uh, yellow hoodie. And she's she's bent. It almost looks like they were working on an art piece and, and she maybe fell asleep or she passed out. But she seemed to be in duress. So the view from the street, uh, the figure's name is Christina, by the way. So the police uh, decided, yes, they, they had cause to go in and take a look at things and come to find out that Christina really wasn't in any kind of duress because Christina was actually the title of the artwork itself. This uh-huh. was This was actually an art installation. It was a representation of an individual working on a project, you see. So this was basically a human figure with the head on the desk. And let's just say the uh, police were bemused to find this out once they got in there. She was actually made of packing tape and foam filler. This was at uh, Soho's Laz Emporium in central London. And the work was actually commissioned by Banksy's former agent. So there's a famous connection to this, let's say. You know, whenever I see installations like this, it just reminds me of um, Beverly Hills Cop. The first time that he walks into that gallery to... um, see his friend to tell him about Mikey being dead. And Serge is there and there's this dining room table and there's these mannequins sitting on it and their heads are spinning around. (laughs) And Axel asks Serge, how much does this thing go for? Oh, about $50,000. Get the fuck out of here. (laughs) That kind of shit. No, I'm not kidding. It does. (laughs) <laughs> it's like, like come on ain't nobody gonna oh no we sold this yesterday get the fuck out of here <laughs> yes. i i see installations like that and i'm like no no somebody has money to burn if they're gonna buy this because it's just so so ridiculous but, but at, uh which you know time, i mean uh, you know you would think maybe phone calls would be made or something but uh, Let's let's panic and call the cops. <laughs> okay. I guess. Yeah. Well, but no accounting for taste we, in the art world. Yeah, no. It's been a while since we covered the art world. I figured we should. Yeah, yeah. It's uh it's it's slow. In the spring it picks up, but it's slow during the winter time. Almost as if, you know, like nobody wants to paint anything or sculpt anything or I don't know. I think we just I think it might have been ended by now but I think we were doing Art Basel down in Miami Beach. I had a had a press invite to go down for something down there where speaking of NFTs <laughs> they actually wanted me to come and check out an NFT art exhibit. How the hell do you do that? Well I'll tell you Aggie thanks for asking. <laughs> Um, Uh, basically the process was that they would create a piece of art. They would then, uh, come up with a 3d rendering of the piece right there in front of us. If I had gone, which I didn't because NFTs, yeah, that's not going to get Brad running to Miami. 
Sorry. <laughs> Thank you for the invite. Hey, yeah, I'll pass. <laughs> they would do the 3D rendering of it so that the NFT would then technically be created and then get this. They would destroy the physical art right then and there. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what? You're trying to do the thing like when the artist dies, the art becomes more valuable? So now if you destroy the art, the NFT becomes more valuable? I mean... That's pretty much what I got out of that. Okay, cool. Got it, guys. Keep me on the buyer's list on that one. I'm going to be around for that auction. So I guess there's like a technically original NFTs out there that you can <laughs> buy. I don't, this whole thing just... Yeah, well, you know... Now we have NF Trumps, so exactly. whatever. Well, before we close, why don't we flip to the other side instead of the high end of art, but go into the um, mundane world of repurposing goods. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're talking S- to the queen of it, but okay. <laughs> You'll love this. Slate Magazine has a big expose on Kirsten Cinema, the senator from Arizona. Y'all, it was so beyond ridiculous. I was reading that. I'm going, what is her problem? I mean, it was almost stockish. I'm sorry. If I could finish, please. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Kiss my ass. Go ahead. <laughs> Send me the bill. Well, we're coming up on 9 o'clock. you got I one know. minute. Hurry up. My point. Um, so this writer from Slate came across something on Facebook Marketplace that people – or somebody was selling items under the name of Kirsten Cinema. Did a vast exploration into this account and found there's a number of things like bicycles and bike riding gear and a number of other items for sale. And come to find out that Senator Cinema turns around and sells items on Facebook Marketplace. I mean, that's the story. That's the story, and I'm and I'm like, okay. Get to the punchline. There was none. And it wasn't like this was, you know, oh, hey, you know, quick hit. Guess what we found out? Isn't this amusing? Okay, on to other things. No, this is like a 1,500 word expose. It was a huge column. It kept and going. Like, it kept, and I'm scanning through. It's like, okay, and she's detailing all these items and his neck. And is there a point to all this? No, it turns out she sells stuff on Facebook Marketplace. Oh, Okay. Yeah. We got to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, y'all know where to find me. Where can we find you, Brad? Do it quick. You can find me at townhall.com, daily column there. You can find me in the front page of Red State. I also got a twice-weekly podcast there, Liable Sources, also on this network. You can hear me next Thursday. I'll be here with Paul Young for Disasters in the Making, Doing Bad Movies. Or I'm here with Orgy Packard. And you can find me over at Twitter at Martini Shark at... Instagram at True Social and Getter. That's me. All right. Well, you can find me uh, on Twitter. Okay. Bye, everybody. Thanks for hanging out. Good night. <laughs> Raise your glass and look at the ceiling. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.